When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Oscar Bevis for IFL TV. Pleasure as always, Johnny. I've left it to Wayne Day to get you on. I suppose it's a cruiserweight week, so it's only fitting. Um, how are we, my friend? I'm good, I'm good. I like, I told everyone I like coming to Bournemouth. I think... Uh, even when the weather's like this? Even when the weather's like this, love it. Uh, good vibe, good atmosphere, absolutely sold out. Each time uh, uh, Chris has been on, you know, it's, the crowds have got bigger and bigger. The reason why this fight's on a Sunday instead of a Saturday, a lot of his fans are football fans. At Bournemouth are obviously playing Man United today. So, um, so, so it's only fitting. I thought it'd be Sunday afternoon, but it isn't. But it doesn't make any difference. It just makes the weekend longer. Yeah, yeah it's going to be a wicked atmosphere in here um, tomorrow night. In terms of Masternak, I think people might look at a 52, 53 fight veteran and think of someone who's over the hill. Yes, when he fought Bellew, it was a while ago. Um, but this is a dangerous man and a tough fight for Chris. I think, uh, as far as I'm concerned, uh, this is the most dangerous fighter Chris has boxed. Uh, uh, and so, and in doing that, to pick him as your first defence, to pick him, uh, I just, to me, I just thought it was a mistake. You know, usually you win a world title. You want to bask in the glory for a short while and have a bit of a soft touch. And then after you've had a soft touch, then you get into the tough one. Masternak's never been picked uh, as an opponent to, to defend the world title against. He's that guy that you just box him when you have to. Uh, Masternak, um, he, he's been a great sparring partner for, you know, for, for most of the heavyweights out there. And he's not been a sparring partner and got the sack. He's been a sparring partner and been kept on all the way through, which shows his toughness which shows his, his doggedness, which shows his determination. And he'll have vast experience in, regard, uh, in, in, in comparison to, to Chris. I say it again, he's had more knockouts than Chris has had fights. So he has everything going for him. And he's come here hungry. He knows this is his just last chance at the age he's at, the position he's at. He knows when he co- he's come over here to do it all, to make sure he gets the job done. And so, so if you think he's just come over to roll over, he's not. Uh, looking at him, watching, all, watching him over and over on tape, he, he's a better def- offensive fighter than a defensive fighter. So Chris has got to push him back, make him fight off the back foot, don't let him go close and comfortable. Chris has got to dummy the jabs, dummy them and turn them into hooks, the head to the body. In doing that, he'll break him down. Masternak is open uh, and, he, and he's older now, so he'll be a little slower than he was, but he still has that fight. And you know what, this might be his last hurrah and he looks in good condition, so therefore... This is, this is, you can't take anything for granted. Yeah. What do you think Chris's reason will be for picking Masternak then? He wants to get that worldwide respect. He's a world champion now. He's chosen to test himself and put a show on in Bournemouth in front of his fans. And in doing that, all the champions and all the fighters look at, uh, at Chris as the, the weakest link when it comes to champions. That's why it is. You know, so he's, he, in this, he's like saying, I'm actually boys, I'm not the weakest link. You need to just keep tossing that coin because it's not me. 
And so that's why everybody wants Oba to, uh, everybody wants to fight him, you know, and everybody wants to get in with him to, to fight for that WBO title. He needs to make a statement and a bold statement in regards to, 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 to chopping Master Nakam. He talked about, well, Andy asked him about leaving the legacy up there. Um, as someone who left the cruiserweight legacy herself, what is it that, how, how would the le next few years have to be navigated for Chris to leave that, that proper cruiserweight legacy that, that he's after? Look what he's done for boxing in Bournemouth. You know, look at the fans have now got someone to follow, someone to chase, someone to inspire to be. On Wednesday we had a public workout, there was an amateur club in the gym, in the ring uh, behind us. They had a chance for the spotlight and the, the, the TV to, to get pick them up. Fighters behind Chris, even amateur fighters coming through, you know, it inspires them to want to be Chris, inspires them to want to fall out this football stadium, want to fall out the, the stadiums here. You know, so he, he, set, he set a standard. And so in doing that, you know, this guy will get to the stage where no matter what happens, he's won a world title, no matter what happens, he's put back in, boxing back on the map here in Bournemouth. So that's a legacy on its own. And he, he moved promotional camps just so he could box at home. And that's a big commitment. That's a big commitment to your fans. And so I, I like that. I, actually, I want Chris to win. I do want him to win. I, I don't think he will, but I do want him to win. I think it's a tough fight, but, but and the same way I don't think he will, I'm, I'll be happily falling on my sword to say, you know what, the same way I didn't think he'd win is the same props I've got to give him for winning. You know, he's an, he's a, because that's a good win for Chris. Well, I know domestically a win would set up the fights in 2024 that, that we want to see maybe see or not in terms of the Akoli one but if we take the Akoli one having to happen next year the fight with Richard Riakpour take them as kind of a trio at the moment who will come out on top with the WBO belt by yeah, no, let's so, say so, summer summer next year so Akoli's now on the outside looking I hear there's some issues in regards to him not fighting now uh, but as far as Akoli's concerned Akoli um, as far as I understand it uh, if, if Chris wins the WBO quite surely uh, demand that the, the mandatory challenge of being Richard Riakpour fighting. If, if uh, Masternet wins, I'm quite sure a uh, um, will be straight in there with, with, with the winner in Masternet. So let's see how Sunday night turns out and it will, will set the landscape in regards to what's happening over the next few months. Yeah. Yeah, just in terms of your own career, what was your championship weight by... Um uh, 13, st 13 stone 8. What's that, what's that in Palmer Pounds, man? Oh, yeah, well, I'm an older man, so you follow me. <laughs> and these guys are now 14 4, right. you know, so it'd gone up in the last two years of my career, you know, the weight had gone up, so it swooped me down to the ground. But we had to be half a stone lighter, man. And so, and it's hard. So these guys now, they, they're small heavyweights. And, um, and, and you look at him, Masternet, he could make 13 stone 8. Masternet, he weighed in at 14 2, and I looked at him, I thought, all right. Um, but you know what? He, he has a movement. He has a, the agility. He will have slowed down a little bit because he's a little bit older. But he's still got that that ability to cause hellfire. Yeah. Well, I was going to say because you know the WBC introduced the bridgeweight. WBA are looking at a super cruiserweight. Yeah. yeah. yeah um, just kind of your, That's your thoughts what on that. need because the difference is listen. At times I box heavyweights yeah. as a cruiserweight, and I'd be giving away four stone. You know what I mean? And most cruiserweights can be the average heavyweight. But then when you come up against the heavyweight that's got weight, height, and reach on you, 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 you and there's a big gulf in difference. So, yeah, if they did a, a division at around 15, 15 and a half stone, that's perfect. That's perfect to create another division, which is fair dues, because a, there's a massive jump between cruiserweight and heavyweight. Once you're heavyweight, you can fight anybody up to anybody uh, up there. So, so I think introducing a, a new division... You know, of course, it'll be scoffed at and not respected initially, as in, as in the cruiserweight division was. Cruiserweight used to be the old heavyweight, as in the super middleweight division was. 
you know, super middleweight. There was otherwise it was it was middleweight and light heavyweight. There's like a stone difference. So so you you have to do is for the help of the fighters an opportunity for fights coming through because the, the new cruiserweight division, you know, if the, if it's created, people like Wilder could fight for it. You know, Tyson could have fought for it when he was uh, when he was fighting. Evander Holyfield could have fought with it and the heavyweights as well because these guys can make these weights. So I think it's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. cool, wicked. Um, just a couple more things. And um, what did you make of Jordan Gill and Michael Conlon last week? Gill, uh, you know what? He proper tied it down. I thought Jordan Gill boxed brilliantly, compact, smart. Um, uh, I thought Conlon was really going to put it on him initially, but Jordan Gill, he didn't. He didn't let that happen. He didn't let Jordan Gill didn't let that happen. And Jordan Gill, as far as he was concerned, um, uh, he was smart. He was on it. Boxed brilliantly. Uh, um, I think everything about his fight was more in control. I was surprised with Barry's um, point scoring. I think after four rounds, he had John Gill just winning one round. I'm like, what are you watching, man? Uh, Barry Jones' point scoring. But, you know, if you're ringside, you see something different. I didn't see that. It's kind of a horrible question, I guess, to have to ask and have to answer for, for people as well. Um, is it time, do you think, for Mick to, to hang the gloves up? For Mick to hang the gloves up? Mick as in? Mick Conlon. Uh, yes. Uh, yes, because I think I think if you're a fighter that if if you if you want to get to the top and you and you've been to the top or or you realise you know what those that now it's getting to the point where I've got nothing left. You don't want to be also run. There's, there's not many fighters that are happily going there to get beat up. You know you got you just you just got to prostitute a bit of your pride for that. And McConnell and I just think you know what you're not that fighter. I know you love fighting, get in the gym, do whatever you're doing. If you're going to drop down the level, drop down the level. But what true ambition have you got knowing if you know you can't get to the top when you get in turnover there? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Johnny, on the Chris Eubank and Conor Ben situation, I know we've heard about the potential of the PBA being one of the bodies involved. The board aren't happy. Where do you kind of stand on it all now? Because I feel like there's been so much back and forth. We kind of have to see it at this point or we kind of need an, uh, an ending to it. And it's going to be hard to get an ending without them to actually fighting. So where do you kind of stand you on gotta it? You've got to be consistent. My, my opinion has not changed on this, this the, 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 the drug testing you know, the failure, two failures. Uh, and not one point that I have thrown Conor Ben on the bus. He's a, bus. he's a nice kid. I think he's a very good fighter. And people will be listening to this saying, Johnny, but he's a drug cheat. You know, if you, you're saying it's a drug treat, drugs don't make you a better fighter. They might make you fitter. They might make you, you last longer. They might make you, uh, you know, stronger. They do not make you a better fighter. And I mean, technically, do not make you better. It's impossible. They don't make you all of a sudden an Einstein. And and uh, and Connor is a is a is a clever fighter, a developing fighter. Unfortunately, this has been rumbling on that long. Now, when you mention Connor Ben's name, it's, it's the next sentence is failed drug test. You know, drug cheat. You know, if I was Connor. If I was truly Connor, I would I would say, you know what, take my licks, and then when you take your licks, get on with your career, take your ban, take whatever the ban is, be it a year, two years, or whatever it is, it's already run a year, as far as the boxing body control are concerned, and then get on with his career. So in a couple of years' time, we'll, talk, we'll be talking about Connor Ben and, and any other world champion that's around then, and we'll, we'll, we'll be attaching his name to that, not, not drugs. And, but unfortunately, this is like all consuming, that's all we've talked about for the last year, year and a half, with Connor Ben. He's better than that. So, so he's got to swallow his pride and say, you know what, I didn't do this, but I'm going to take your punishment and move on because when he's 40 years old, he's going to look back at his career and realise he wasted years, potentially good developing years out of his career when he could have been, you know, he could have flown higher. 
um, uh, fighting a fighting a fight that he just didn't need to fight. You know, so you're not getting on with his career. It's not worth it, man. It's not worth it. When you look at the British schedule we could have for 2024, do you think we need? Because I know Eddie said this. Do you think we need them two to fight in February? I, I'd love. This is obviously a massive yeah, fight. I'd love to see him fight, but it's got to be done the right way. Chris Eubank Jr. is not going to put himself in a position where he suffers the consequences for Conor Ben's failed drug test. It's common sense. Chris Hubert Jr. has had, a, had a, an excellent win off the back of Liam Smith. Why would he put himself in a position where the board say, you know what, I'm sorry. You know, you shouldn't have fought, fought him. As far as we are concerned, he's a bad fighter. You're getting suspended now. Now you're dragged into this trouble. It's business. So even though Chris might want to fight, he's saying, this is your problem, man. Sort out your business, then we'll fight. So I totally understand why he's not done the deal. I don't totally understand why he's not said a word in regards to this. Nothing's changed. So, so stop listening to the noise. It's common sense. So Connor's got to sort out his business. And you, and, 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 you know, the promoters can try and put, put as much pressure on the, on the boxing board as possible. The board would be stupid if they let them do that because they are then setting precedent and then all respect for the board has gone. If you do it for one, you've got to do it for everybody else. And there's, there's, there, there's where the problem lies. Um, Johnny, just one more thing. How do you assess boxing in 2023? I think boxing in 2023, I think traditional fighters, not your YouTubers, not your misfits, are now getting it where they have got to invest in themselves. They've got to sell themselves. They've got to make sure they put themselves front and, for, front and forward so everybody knows who they are, follows their story, are inspired by them. And I think, you know, so, so now we're a lesson, massive lessons have been learned in 2023. 2024, you're going to see the emergence of, of young fighters getting it, understanding it. Say, so you know what, I'm my brand. I'm who I need to be, you know, and I'm the one that the promoter is going to come to me saying, can you box on my boat? Because you sell a thousand tickets, because you sell two thousand tickets. Now young fighters are understanding that and getting that. Sports Social Podcast Network.